Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. And welcome to episode three of Millennial Love, the independent lifestyle team's podcast on love, relationships, dating, and sex. I'm Rachel Hosey. I'm Olivia Petter. And I'm Kashmir Gander. And the first thing we're going to be talking about today is something that's really an issue in millennial dating. Millennials being, you know, largely people in their 20s. Um, and, and this will be familiar, I think, to anyone who has been single maybe, and also in a relationship, actually, in their young adult lives. It's this idea that we always have to play it cool when it comes to starting seeing someone or dating and how it's so like showing vulnerability is the biggest no-no. Do you guys have experience of this? I mean, I just think it's the idea of playing up, like you said, playing up to the idea of, oh, I don't care that it's been three days and he hasn't texted me or, you know, I don't, I, you know, two weeks, it's fine. It doesn't matter. I'm chilled. I'm just so chilled. It's just this idea of being obsessed with not being, not coming across as being too needy or clingy. It's just that fear of being that awful clingy person I guess that is so kind of condemned in popular culture and in films what do you think has well I've been in a relationship for about eight years and to me it seems kind of sad that no one can really express their emotions to each other there seems to be like a lot of game playing when it comes to dating and I feel like if everybody was just honest with each other maybe it would be a lot easier maybe that's a lot easier said than done yeah from my experience people just do not show their feelings so often if I'm seeing a guy I just have no idea where I stand because there's this real reluctance to to say oh I care about you I like you I want to be with you people just don't do it it's I think it's this idea that not caring is cool and you know, people maybe people just want to keep their options open all the time. They don't want to commit to anything, but even just commit to a feeling. But then I also don't know if actually maybe it's self-preservation and people don't want to lay their cards on the table and say how they feel because if they actually like someone, they're then exposing themselves to being hurt if the mm. person doesn't feel the same. It's just so cryptic as well, like because so much of the way that people communicate with each other when they're dating, especially in the first few stages, is by text or you know, by WhatsApp or by Facebook message or whatever platform it is. So few people call each other nowadays, which I mm. think is a real shame because you get that kind of bolstered level of authenticity in a phone call that you just don't get in a text and you don't hear someone's voice. And it's so easy to spend hours, well not hours, but you know, like ages just crafting these perfectly witty texts mm -hmm. that, you know, don't show too much emotion or. Yeah, no, and I think it's so funny that whenever, you know, me and my girlfriends, if we're sort of, you know, there's a guy we like or something and the guy then texts us like, 
at least five or at least three other girls will be involved in the crafting of that reply. And I sometimes feel for the man because I'm like, you don't know your message is being dissected by like a posse of women. And I, I sometimes think, I wonder if men do this too. But I don't think they do. I don't think they do either. Also, it's very unmillennial to talk on the phone. No one likes talking on the phone. We're afraid of the phone. I know. I way prefer the phone, though. So I think it's just so much better. Oh, I'd be scared. That's my worst nightmare. <laughs> really? I can't do that. I'm sorry. I don't want to express my emotions on the phone to, about anything to anyone. Oh my god, I way prefer the phone. And all, but I'm very rare. And like all of my friends, whenever they always say to me, "You're the only person I speak to on the phone. <laughs> no one else. Everyone texts me." I just think things get so lost in translation, and particularly in dating, there are huge consequences for that. So do you think that you would get the nuances of what that person is thinking if you did have more phone conversations? Maybe the yeah. whole cool thing would crumble or something Yeah, like because that? you can you can really get a sense for someone's point of view and someone's opinion over the phone by hearing the tone of their voice and when it's spontaneous rather than being passive in a text. Mm. Do you know what I think, though? Okay, I think that this attitude changes a bit as you get older because just from my experience of if I've been dating guys who are like the difference between dating someone who's 25 and someone who's 30 is huge I'm always like it always blows my mind when a guy who's just like that five years older will actually say how they feel and actually tell me that they like me and I'm always like good lord what (laughs) actual feelings um and it's simpler but I do think that maybe the older you get the more you realize that Playing games is stupid. I say that, but then I do also think playing hard to get works. You do need an element of game playing, I think. I mean, I know it sounds so stupid, but you do need to have that slight level of intrigue just in order to get some kind of... Because otherwise it'd be so boring if you were just like, oh, I kind of like you, but I'm not sure, but let's go on another date and find out. Your joke about this was kind of funny, but I think you could improve on this, this and that. I mean... (laughs) I hate the fact that if a guy takes ages to reply to me, it sort of makes me usually think about them more and kind of want them more which makes no sense do you think there's a rule like if if you text a guy and he texts back say two hours later would you then wait two hours or more to reply you know i used to and now i don't really however if a guy does take ages to reply i feel like i can't reply straight away yeah i don't know this is giving me a headache (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> Although at the same time, I feel like it does seem quite fun. But I just text my boyfriend what I want from Tesco. He <laughs> replies, you know, we just have dinner and live our lives. It seems so much easier when you're in a relationship. But I guess that's the excitement that comes with dating. It's this image we're trying to play up to, I think. Yeah, so there's this. So basically, when Gone Girl came out, I think in 2012, the book came out, Um Gillian Flynn kind of encapsulated this totally idealised image of like the perfect woman. So I'm just going to read it out. It's kind of plagued women for centuries and it's called the cool girl. So being the cool girl, this is what she writes, means I'm hot. I'm a hot, brilliant, funny woman who adores football, poker, dirty jokes and burping, who plays video games, drinks cheap beer, loves threesomes and anal sex and jams hot dogs and hamburgers into her mouth like she's hosting the world's biggest culinary gangbang while somehow maintaining a size two because cool girls are above all hot. Cool girls never get angry. They only smile in chagrined, loving manner and let their men do whatever they want. Go ahead. Shit on me. I don't mind. I'm the cool girl. 
I mean, that is so funny because it's so spot on. It's so spot on. Definitely. It just, I think it totally encapsulates the way that women are just pigeonholed into these kind of idealised identities, which are totally based on contradictions. You know, the idea of stuffing your face like a pig, but then also being super slim and... It's just, Which just, you can't do that. <laughs> it's ridiculous. And also, what? why is that such an, like, such an attractive contradiction, you know? Like, I just don't understand that. It's, um, it's, I think that is that image that you've just read out is exactly what women think the majority of men want in a woman. Totally. And of course, like, it, we know it can't be simplified like that and different people want different things. But it's just... That is what a lot of women think they need to try and be. So they'll feign an interest in sports, even if they're not really interested in it. Or they'll, I don't know, what else did it say? So she'll drink cheap beer. The idea that girls love beer is really sexy because <sighs> most girls will go for like wine or, I don't know, like vodka, lime and soda. Whereas if she drinks Prosecco. beer, she's cool. Yeah, Prosecco, basic. Yeah, offs. <laughs> My drink of choice always. Loves threesomes, tells dirty jokes, burps. But then um, it's also yeah, but super glam. Actually, the burp thing is interesting because I feel like there are a lot of men as well who want their women to be this like perfect ladylike image and, you know, never swear mm. or never, you know, sit with your knees not stuck together. And so there's that's like contradiction as well. It's basically just having no autonomy whatsoever, which I don't see as an attractive thing in men or women. So it's, you know, we've gone from having women, you know, be in the house, stay in the kitchen, this sort of stuff, to that no longer being attractive, to wanting basically this idea of um, a woman as a stereotypical man. I don't think even men themselves want all of those things. Do they no. want somebody who has no opinions, who hasn't got a voice of their own? I'd like to think that they don't. And what is the equivalent of men with you know that whole idea of that I idealized woman who that just can't mm. exist what is the equivalent for men it didn't I was so I was thinking about this and it took me a really long time to think because I you know I only kind of thought of traits that I wouldn't want mm. in a guy rather than the ones that would be like a cool guy for me but then I was reading on a reading around and I saw on reddit there was a post where someone had literally written what is the equivalent to Gillian Flynn's cool girl as a man and everyone basically wrote that it's all about contradictions. It's the idea that a guy can be both strong and tough and physically, but then like emotionally sensitive and vulnerable and, you know, in touch with your femininity and his. And then there's the whole idea of, you know, sexually, he's really sensitive and loving and kind, but then he's also not afraid to like rip your clothes off. It's just all about those kind of like dichotomies, which are just not realistic. But I think because of the power play in society that the um, cool girl is more damaging for a woman than the yeah. idea of a man being sort of sensitive but also strong and going to rip your clothes off. I think it's a lot more problematic for women as a lot of these things are. I think it's more prevalent as well, that yeah, idea. Or maybe women have just been sort of, society makes us obsess over it more or makes us think more about what we need to be instead of just, you know, being ourselves mm. I also think it pits women against each other in a really horrible way so mm. I'm not that kind of girl who you know straightens her hair or gets up really early to do her makeup and wakes you up because she's I don't know drying her hair really loud or something like that um you know it's women trying to show that no actually I like beer and all these cool things and it's just a shame we should just all sort of be whoever we want have our own opinions it's, it's nothing wrong with that 
I think that's a nice note to end on. I agree. So our next topic is monogamy versus polygamy. Now, increasingly in recent years, there have been studies coming out showing that there's been more and more interest in polygamy um, or polyamory. Um, and actually, a new app in, has just launched in Indonesia called, I'm not sure how you pronounce it actually, like AO Polygamy. And it's for it's in, it encourages polygamy amongst married couples, which is really interesting. And a study found last year that um, one in five Americans have been in a non-monogamous relationship. So all these things are suggesting that perhaps it, you know, monogamy may be on the decline. What do you guys think? I'm amazed that it's one in five Americans. I know, it sounds like a lot, doesn't That's it? an unbelievable amount. But they also found that um, age, race, political affiliations and socioeconomic status made no difference to, you know, who was more likely to be in a non-monogamous relationship. However... Um, gay, lesbian and bisexual people were slightly more likely to be in open relationships, um, which is really interesting. And I, I wouldn't be surprised if it was something that's becoming more common amongst younger generations, because just talking to my friends, more and more people seem to be, um, you know, open to it and they don't want to tie themselves down. And, you know, we see people for ages and I say see in inverted commas that we're dating and you know, no one wants to put a label or anything. No one wants to be exclusive or official. And all that, I think, is delaying actually committing to that one person, which we're told that we want, you know, we're told that that's what we should be. But for many people, I think they just want different things from different people. And one person can't satisfy their every need in every sing, uh, you know, single way that a partner could. Um, and so, yeah, people are sort of now acting on the fact that they have desires for different people. I think it's interesting because while monogamy is something that is so heavily perpetuated by traditions and by, you know, Disney films and that kind of thing, it's it's very much goes against. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com the modern trends of dating like if you look at the oversaturation of dating apps which almost encourages you to be talking to multiple people at one time going on multiple dates it just it doesn't seem like that is something that is very modern and you know I you said it's so common in young people to not really consider monogamy and there was a study last year from YouGov which was over people I think they said 51 percent of 
people under the age of 30 didn't want a monogamous relationship. That's amazing. I know. So I mean, more than half of people yeah. under 30 do not want to be in a monogamous relationship. Yeah, but they identified a scale. Like there was um there was like a seven point scale of different levels of monogamy. So one right. being completely monogamous and six being totally polyamorous. So what are the phases in between? I don't know. I guess it's just having a more relaxed attitude to it. That's or, so weird. But I think it I think it's I think it becomes more complicated when someone is in a relationship, I suppose, when it's defined. When you're just dating around, I guess most people are polyamorous because yeah, true. very few people would just date one person at a time, maybe. I don't I, know. I think... Casually, I don't know. It's interesting because when you, you know, actually think about it for so long, you know, de- no, centuries, and I don't even know how long, um, you know, polygamy was the norm. And, you know, it often, ca- and, you know, there are still countries in the world where, you know, it's very common for usually a man to have multiple wives. Um, but I think what's interesting is how, you know, for for the, you know, recent history, monogamy has been what we've been taught we have to have in our relationships. But it does, it does seem to be the case that now people are, and I think, it, you know, it comes hand in hand with the fact that in, you know, liberal societies, we're much more open to different sexualities. And, you know, some people are questioning whether now that gay marriage has been legalised, whether polygamous marriage could be next. Oh, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that. Cause like, so in, so for example, this app, uh, AO Polygamy, was started by a man in Indonesia where 80% of the population are Muslim. And traditionally in Islam, a man can take up to four wives. So I think that's why it's kind of bolstering there. But then, you know, in the article that we wrote about that on the on the site, there was um, a spokesperson from the National Commission of Violence Against Women who said that polygamy is is considered a form of violence against women. Um, because, and you know, interestingly in, in Islam, polygamy is allowed, but the opposite, which I think is called, uh, palandry is not permitted. And that's where a woman would have multiple husbands. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Well, I don't know how I feel about that. I think aside from the sort of sticky cultural stuff, because I think in all these different situations across the world, there's always stuff that you kind of might not feel entirely comfortable with but um, my perspective is that any way that we can be sort of more honest about how we want to be in a relationship is a really useful thing and of course there's always going to be problems and ways that people exploit these kind of things but um, I actually interviewed a an author who wrote a book called The New I Do and she sort of uh, outlined all these different types of relationships and marriages that you have now. So instead of pretending that we want to be monogamous or pretending that, you know, we want all these different things, let's just all be honest about the fact that, hey, maybe in a decade I want to go on a break with my husband and, you know, just sow my wild oats for a a year or something and I don't think there's anything wrong with that if we're all completely honest about it it's consensual Mm. maybe even draw up a contract to agree about stuff I think it could be really useful however in practice (laughs) might not be such a good idea I'm not sure you're so wise Kaz thank you interestingly you know Dr (laughs) Foster which I know Rach you haven't seen no spoilers please so no spoilers but it is about it is about an adulterous relationship 
and <sighs> it's the whole TV show is just a cacophony of infidelities. Like, so not only is her husband having an affair, she then has an affair with a married man, or she sleeps with a married man. And, you know, the, in the show, the idea is that it's kind of like infidelity is almost portrayed as inevitable in marriage, particularly long-term marriages. And it's just, I think it's something that really resonated with a lot of people, which is why the show became so popular because the way that it's portrayed is that infidelity is almost like a natural urge for men and women. Um, and interestingly, in a, in a study recently about whether one gender cheats more than the other, it was actually very equal. I think it was men maybe like six, 54% and women mm. 57 or something like that. And it, it's really, it's, it's very um, balanced in terms of whether men cheat more or women do. That's so interesting. I can imagine a lot of couples awkwardly watching that show and sitting next to their partner <laughs> and thinking, God, I wish I could be you know, off with someone else. And that's really sad because if we all just sort of communicated a bit better and just sort of were honest about these things, it would actually make us all a lot happier, I think. Mm. But, but what do you guys think about yourselves then? Do you think you, if you, you know, so obviously because you're in a long-term relationship, Livia, you're single, do you think you would want to be in a monogamous relationship? Or would you want to be? I do think I I do think that it is a very idealized notion today. What monogamy? Full monogamy. Yeah, I do. I don't know if personally I would want to be in like a polyamorous relationship, but I do think that it's harder now for for people our age to accept the idea that you will be with one person, just one person, for the rest of your life, because mm -hmm. we now have so many options, like in terms of dating apps and like dating meetups there's all sorts of things going on like we've got so much at our disposal controversially even I think that a monogamous relationship does sound kind of bonkers I'm in <laughs> one and I'm a million percent happy but on paper it just doesn't seem to make sense does it really I feel like I've lucked out in a way and if you think about being with the same person for the rest of your life it seems crazy yeah I actually really agree um I'm not sure how I would feel if I was in you know a committed relationship and you know my boyfriend then you know wanted to go off and see another woman I don't you know it's hard to know how I'd react if yeah he, and like would you get too jealous yeah it's hard to know without actually being in that situation exactly. but hypothetically speaking I can totally understand why people struggle I think I'd want to be the cool girl <laughs> <laughs> and say yeah I'm totally fine with it and then actually freak out yeah so. but speaking of Kaz's relationship that sort of brings us on to topic number three for today so our third topic is about how society's expectations of people in relationships changes so dramatically throughout your 20s. Um, I am 25, so bang in the middle of my 20s. And I think I'm about to hit a turning point in that, from my experience and that of my friends, when you're in your early 20s, um, People tell you to be single, focus on yourself, go off traveling, think about your career, do whatever you want and not, you know, not be tied down. And but then as you near 30, from what my friends tell me and from what, you know, you see in society everywhere, it always it starts to become like, why haven't you found someone? Why can't you find someone? Why are you still single? Why aren't you settling down? You've got a ticking clock. Have babies now. <laughs> just so grim isn't it so terrifying it's like I wonder when the turning point is 
Like, is it bang on 30 or is it like 28? TikTok, <laughs> 29. I think it depends on who you hang out with as well. I think, you know, in the right circles, you can be single until you're 40 and people think it's okay. Whereas in other groups, you can be 22 and past it and... I guess it, you know, you might luck out and be in a circle where it's okay <laughs> to be single. I think um, it's definitely changing with our generation compared to our parents where it was a lot more normal to get married young. But like we are generally growing up slower. But um, I don't know, Kaz, have you found being in a relationship since you were, I mean, how old? See, my answer to this question suggests what it's like. So I was going to say 17, but then say actually almost 18 as if to stress, mm. oh, I did live a little bit of my 17, 17th year, guys. <laughs> um, yeah, so I find that you need to justify it to people a lot. People sort of look at you as if it's a bit sad, like you haven't really lived, or um, they even ask questions like, do you still have sex? Do you, I don't know, talk to each other? Do you like each other? And it's, um, I completely understand where people are coming from as well, because it is quite unusual. Um, How long have you been with your boyfriend? Eight years. That yeah. is unusual. It is unusual. And I'm 26, so it has been a really long time. But I think um, the important thing is um, the sort of type of relationship that you have. So um, it's not a case of being tied down. It's a case of sort of having two very separate lives that come together sometimes. But I think if you don't have that, you do risk being very resentful and all those sorts of things in the future. It just sucks that we have to justify ourselves so much just because of what these idealised images, like you have to justify being in relationship. And I know that in a few years, when I am probably still single, I am going to have to justify that. But I think everyone always says, oh, being in your 20s is the best time to be single. But actually, like I think being in your 30s or towards the later end of your 20s is probably a much better time to be single because like you're more stable in your career you have a better idea of who you are as a person. You are more experienced. You just, and I think you will just have, you have a better chance of having a good relationship when you're a bit older. Because I think when you're young, everything's just so experimental and you just have no idea what's going on. So you get these tumultuous couples who, I mean, I see it with my friends all the time, just up and down constantly because they're, they've both got their own stuff going on and riddled with insecurities. The sad thing is, I think, I mean, obviously I am a woman, so I don't know what it's like to be a man, but I think there's the pressure is a lot more on women than men. Because I think at the end of the day, everyone's all obsessed with this idea that after 35, women won't be able to have babies, so you need to be married by the time you're 30, so you have time to have babies. And I just... I, I, get, I know that men get it as well a bit. You know, people always talk about going to family engagements and, you know, being told, oh, where's your girlfriend? Are you, how's your love life? All those questions from your aunties and uncles. But I, I, I do think there is a, a bit more of a pressure on women. I'd say so, definitely. Um, you know, people say that there's this sort of imaginary biological clock ticking away and all this sort of scary stuff, which guys just don't have. And if you actually look at the stats, um, women's fertility doesn't actually change that drastically. So it's actually completely unwarranted. I think at the end of the day, it's kind of just annoying that there's this like 
again, it almost comes back to the cool girl thing. And it's the idea that there are certain things that we have to be at certain points in our life. And it's like, you must be the cool girl. You must be single and focusing on yourself in your early 20s. And then you must want to settle down by the time you're 30. And I think it's probably getting better gradually. But it would just be nice if we could all just, you know, it's just kind of like, you do you. Mm. And that's fine. Exactly. I, I feel agree. like there should be no rules, to be honest. I think everything is just circumstantial and you just have to play it play it by it. I mean, no one knows what the hell they're doing. <laughs> I certainly don't. And I think it's sad to sort of value people in relation to their relationships as well. So if you're with someone, then you have more value or you're more successful. It's just a bit depressing, isn't it? We're better than that. We Come are on, better than that. <laughs> And on that note, that's probably all we've got time for today, guys. But we hope you'll tune in again next week. Please do rate us highly, subscribe and tell all your friends. And we look forward to tuning in again next week. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.